Now all these things happen for our example. What is he trying to tell us? He's trying to say, this is for our model. And so he says, I want to give you an illustration and I want to give you some instruction. I want to convey warning that's designed to change your walk. Welcome to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as we continue our lesson, Learning from Losers. It's from 1 Corinthians 9 and 10. And uh, pastor, we've been taking a look over the past several days here about how Paul is writing saying, hey, pay attention to what's happening around you because we can learn lessons from those who basically have sinned, made a mess of their life, maybe shipwrecked their faith. And there's stuff that we can learn from them so that we don't have to walk the same path that they did. Amen. And, you know, Paul has taken a page from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You ever notice, Steve, every time he gives a message, he gives a model. Hmm. Every time he gives some instruction, he gives an illustration. As a matter of fact, uh, he spoke in parables, 38 of them by last count. And uh, by last count. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what was a parable? A parable, someone has said, is a heavenly story with an earthly meaning. It is uh, to throw something alongside as an illustration. Mm-hmm. And he did that. And so Paul is taking a page from that. And we do it as well. What are illustrations? Illustrations are to sermons and teachings what windows are to buildings. They let the light in. They let you see in another dimension. And and a lot of times people will comprehend truth through the illustrations. Sure. Even more so than the principles sometimes. As a matter of fact, I have people tell me, uh, I remember that illustration. And sometimes they'll think because I use the illustration over, it's the same message. Uh, but it's, I just use the illustration over again. Yeah. Why? Because it makes an impact in our life and our Lord Jesus Christ utilized them. And Paul is using it in this passage. And he's saying, listen, listen, let me tell you what you can learn from them. You can't take God's blessings for granted. You can't place anything in front of God. You can't sin and get away with it. You can't allow history's warnings to go unheeded. You can't be overconfident in your own spirituality, and you can't overcome temptation in your own power. Mm -hmm. That's what we've been looking at, Steve. And what powerful, powerful truths. We're dealing with the principles that come from this passage. And uh, in the first message, I gave the outline because some people are used to sermonic outlines and I like to give them. Uh, But these principles are powerful and they will, as we implement them by the power of the Holy Spirit, will change the way we walk. Absolutely. And uh, if you've missed some of these principles, and if you missed that outline, I want to let you know you can always come to our website and you can go back and catch up on what you may have missed. Uh, maybe you missed a couple days or portions of days. Come to treasuredtruthradio.org and you can uh, always stream the programs or download an MP3 for free and, and catch up on what you missed. But right now, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapters 9 and 10 as we continue this message, Learning from Losers. Here is Pastor Ford. So then he went to try to curse them. And what happened? He couldn't curse them. God said, you can't curse what I bless. So then Balak came back and said, look, we'll give you some more money, man. I mean, maybe you can curse them in the valley. God said, no. That was it for him. He went back to Balak. He said, look, 
I can't do it. I can't curse what, but let me tell you what to do. You see, they've been wandering in the wilderness. Their women are walking around with the head rags on and the crocus sack dresses. And you got these pretty women that's never seen a, a scoop of haagen and bring them in. You can't curse them from the outside, but you can curse them on the inside. Don't I tell you all the time, if the devil can't destroy your church, he'll join it? Because he can do more damage on the inside than he can on the outside. And that's exactly what happened. So what do we have here? 23,000 men start fornicating with these women. Moses said, who's on the Lord's side? Who remembers who's on the Lord's side? The Levites. The Levites said, we are on the Lord's side. And so what did they do? They, they, they went into the tents. They took their spears. And while these brothers and, and these women were in the very act of committing fornication, they speared them. 23,000. They say the Bible says 24,000. Well, read what happened earlier. 1,000 leaders started it and they were killed. And then 23,000 brothers followed them and they were killed. 24,000 in one day. Wow. Well, all of this he's trying to get us to see. Look, look, they got by, but they didn't get away. You can't sin and get away with it. Notice the third one, not just uh, idolatry, sexual immorality. They tempted Christ. That's found in Numbers 21, 4 through 6. Let me summarize that as quick as I can. Listen to what he says. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Guess what? Now, now let me just bring this out. We say it all the time. We know that Jesus of the New Testament is Yahweh of the Old Testament, but here it proves it. He's telling us, listen, you need to understand that it's always been by grace and it's always been by Jesus Christ, that salvation has always been through Jesus Christ. They look forward to the coming of Christ and his cross. We look backward, but everybody got saved by placing their faith in Jesus. And so now Jesus had led them through. Remember, Pharaoh is a type of the devil. Egypt is a type of the world. The Red Sea represents salvation. The Jordan River represents sanctification. And so Moses represents Jesus Christ leading the people through with the power of God through to salvation. It's all about that. So the plagues and all of that just represents the wrath of God against sin. It's a picture. He says, they tempted Christ. Now, why would you tell these New Testament believers that Old Testament believers were actually tempting Christ? Because that's what they were doing. And they need to understand it hasn't changed whatsoever. I know ain't nobody want this stuff, but that's okay. So what were they doing? In 1 Corinthians 8.13, they were in immorality and lust. In 1 Corinthians 10.14, idolatry. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 5, immorality. In 1 Corinthians 2, they were tempting Christ. And then notice the last one, murmuring. Neither murmur as some of them also murmur and were destroyed of the destroyer. So in verse 9, he's talking about when Moses said, okay, you took this calf, you, you made this calf, grind the calf up, put it in the water, drink that water. Drink it if you want to be saved. And serpents were biting them. And Moses lifted up that serpent on the pole and said, look at the serpent and you'll be saved. And everybody that didn't look at the serpent were destroyed. Why? Jesus said, 
Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man also be lifted up. He said, but if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. That was a picture of salvation, that the cure for the remedy of the serpent bite was to look at the one on the pole. Now, why equate him to a serpent? Because he bore our sin on Calvary's cross, all of it. So then they were murmuring. You know what murmuring is? Murmur is called onomatopoeia. What's onomatopoeia? When the word sounds and is spelled like it sounds. Uh, my wife and I, in our devotions this morning, we were reading about uh, this bird called a hoopoe. And, uh, you know, we were saying, don't eat the, the eagle, the kite, the this, that, the other, the hawk, you know, and then the hoopoe. I said, babe, what's a hoopoe? She said, I don't know what a hoopoe is. So, you know, I consulted my old friend Google, and he told me what a hoopoe was. A hoopoe, uh, as a matter of fact, in 2008, the nation of Israel, the Israelites, made that their national bird. It's a pretty little bird with a long beak. But uh, I said, so why do they call it a hoopoe? And then they made the sound that the bird makes. He goes, whoop, 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 whoop. So they call it a hoopoe, you know. Well, why did they name it like that? Because of the way it sounds. What is murmuring? When you talk low out of the side of your mouth so that only the person that you're talking to can hear who you're talking about. Murmur, 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 murmur. You know what I mean. You're praising God in the sanctuary and you're murmuring in the parking lot. You're passing on the information. He says, no, this is what they are doing. And they didn't realize. Now do you realize you can't sin and get away with it? I want you to notice that in verse 5, the diversity of the punishment they receive, verse 8 and verse 9, verse 10, the deadliness of it. Here's what it says. It says, he overthrew them in the wilderness. You ought to look up that word. I'm just, I just look up words. I look up that word, and uh, here's what a Greek scholar said. This word literally tells us that there were bodies strewn everywhere that there was a string of bodies from Egypt to Canaan. Aren't you glad you live in the age of grace? I am. I am. I thank God for grace. When I taught it this morning, I thank God for grace. I ain't going to be any different. I thank God for grace. When are you going to learn? When are you going to learn? That's the idea. Uh, that God is telling us you can't sin and get away with it. You may get by, you won't get away. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, and I hope that you're echoing along with him. I am. You are grateful for the grace of God. How he does when we sin, you know, use his Holy Spirit to convict us, to bring us back into right relationship with him. How when we come to our senses, he extends that grace and that forgiveness and we can uh, walk intimately with Him. You know, maybe you've been listening to this radio program for some time, and that's uh, something that Pastor Ford has been kind of showing you. God's been using him to show you that uh, time and time again. Would you help us share that with even more people? You can do so by praying for the program, but also giving financially. We're listener-supported and do depend on your generosity. Give online when you come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on the Donate button. It can be a one-time gift or a regular monthly gift. That's at treasuretruthradio.org and click on Donate. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. 
I haven't been to a, a, a driving class in about 22 years. I went and I was in this class and, uh, you know, it's because my right foot didn't say. I went in there. I saw people that knew me and I knew. Pastor Ford, you in here? I said, my right foot ain't saved either. So, you know, you go four hours the first time. How many, know, how many hours you go the second time? Eight. You done been there too, Elder, huh? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, so the second time, it was eight hours. And I walked in there, and our friend was in there. Yeah, your best friend, yeah. And uh, we said, oh, he said, preacher, come here. This is a poor witness for us. Look at all these people in here that know us. How many done spoke to you already? That's about three or four. He said, well, more than that done spoke to me. We can't be coming back in here. Haven't been in 22 years because it made sense. It's like that's a poor witness to walk up in here and people listen to you on the radio. What are you doing in here? They, they expect you to live. Okay, let me just leave it alone. Let me, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone because y'all expect me to live better, but you don't expect to live better. You know, just me. You don't hold me accountable. You don't want nobody holding you accountable for your mess, but you want to hold me. No, no, I'll just leave you alone. What's the idea? The idea is, here it is, let me bottom line it. This, this is the commentary I like the best. God is trying to teach us, don't play with me. Man, where's the reverence we used to have for God? Man, we've lost our awe and we've become awful. It's like I remember, you know, I never drank alcohol, uh, but wine, if we would go by the church, we had a bottle of open wine, put that cap on that bottle, man. There's a preacher. Don't you cuss around the preacher. What's wrong with you? Now we don't cuss around the preacher. We cuss the preacher out. Hey, me and Pastor Lyles used to have to go in the summer and ask them not to drink and smoke on our steps. Hmm. Here it is. Let me give you these, you know, drop them, not push them. Uh, but remember this. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And so we sow our wild oats all week and then pray for crop failure on Sunday. It don't work that way. Number four, you can't allow history's warnings to go unheeded. Verse 11, he says, twice he said in verse 6, now these things were for our example. Now all these things happen for our example. And it is the same word. It's the word tapas from which we get topography. What, what is he trying to tell us? He's trying to say, this is for our model. This is for an example. When you see the golden arches, you automatically think of McDonald's. And so he says, I want to give you an illustration, and I want to give you some instruction. I want to convey warning that's designed to change your walk. How many responded? Not very many. <laughs> like he says, wow, listen, some people never learn. It's like, how many young people do we see messing up their lives with pregnancies, and yet it just keeps going on, keeps going on? How many guys have we seen mess up their lives, you know, with, with other guys hanging out on the corner, being gangbanging and all that? Yet it becomes a perpetual cycle. It's like, wow, when are we going to learn? When are we going to learn? Hmm. Here's number five. You can't become overconfident in your own spirituality, verse 12. It's like, 
Let him who thinks he standeth take heed lest he fall. Let me just remind you of what I already told you. You help me out. Come on, I need to wrap this up. Most of the believers didn't fall in the area of their weakness. They fell in the area of their strengths. Name some. Okay, what was David's strength? Integrity. He was a man after God's own heart. Where did he fail? Integrity. But Noah, what was Noah's strength? Discipline. For 120 years, he built a boat based on one word from God. God never repeated it. How do you know? Because the stem in the Hebrew talks about past tense, not repeated. In Greek, we call it aris. So he told him one time, and he went in the strength of God's word for 120 years. We can't go from Sunday to Sunday. And what was his strength? Discipline. And when he came off the boat, where did he fail? Discipline. Found some champ pipple and got drunk. What was Peter's? Courage. Where did he fail? Courage. See, that's why the Chinese said an unguarded strength is a double weakness. And so you can't become overconfident. Peter, Luke 22, 33 through 34. He said, look, look, though all these leave you, I will never leave you. I'll never deny you. See, here's what we need to realize. Your self-confidence shows your lack of God confidence unless your confidence came from God. Here's the last one. You can't overcome temptation in your own power. Here's what he says in verse 13. There is no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to suffer, uh, suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Talks about two things, the extent of that and the escape from it, that God has given us the ability to be able to overcome temptation when we do it his way. Look at the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What did he do? Every time the devil came against him, Luke 4.1, it says, then Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, was led into the Spirit. There you go, number one. We can't defeat temptation unless we are filled with the Spirit of God. He's resident in every believer, wants to be president over every believer. He resides in us. He wants to preside over us. We say it all the time. So Jesus was filled. Then what did he do? He used the Word of God. He said, it is written, it is written, it is written, that the living Word used the written Word. Now, if the living Word, the author of the book, used the written Word, what should we do to overcome temptation? And then what did he do? Turn stone into bread. What was that really all about? Devil was saying, you have a need. Meet your need according to your own ability and power. And Jesus said, no, God has a plan and a purpose for me. And if it's in the will of God, then I'll do it. But this is against the plan and purpose of God for me. And so, therefore, I will not do it. Here's what he said. I'm going to put God first before I put my own personal needs. Well, I just thought it would be good for us to kind of look at this passage and see that Paul's trying to tell these Corinthian believers, look, man, get it together. Here's what he did. He established that church. He stayed there 18 months. Then he found out after he left, things weren't going right. They had depravity. They had division. They had all these things that you and I never experienced. And uh, so then he wrote them a second letter. 
It wasn't 2 Corinthians. Uh, it was a letter we don't have because uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 says, I wrote to you an earlier letter. So actually, 1 Corinthians, actually 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians after 3 Corinthians, but God didn't want it in the canon for some reason. He did all, and here's what he did in 2 Corinthians, and this, this is all I'm asking us to do. Paul had been dealing with them and all of these issues that they've been going through. And he had shared with them, hoping they would learn from the mistakes of Israel, and they didn't. And they didn't. They didn't change. So here's what Paul said as he was ending it, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. He said, you know what you guys better do? Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Because the lifestyle that you're living, and we have it all the time. Listen, listen, I know I've been guilty. I know it, I know it. But there are people who think that they're saved, who really are not. Because they prayed a prayer or walked an aisle. That's not how you become a believer per se. Every time I say it, I say Romans 10, 9, and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That, that we need to let people tell us that they're saved. We don't need to tell them that they say, oh yeah, now you say. No, they need to confess their salvation. And, and one of the greatest questions you can ask is, if you were to die today, why should God let you in his heaven? That, that'll tell you some stuff. So Paul said, look, our walk ought to match our talk. Let's evaluate ourselves and see where it doesn't and then do something about it before God does. Our Father, we thank you and we praise you for your grace and goodness to us. Uh, may the word not fall on deaf ears. Uh, we thank you for your bountiful provision for us. Jesus the Christ, our Lord and Savior, whom we worship and whom we glorify. It's in his name we pray. And everybody that knows him said, amen. Amen. Well, I hope that you know him as Pastor Ford has been talking about you know, that personal relationship with Jesus is why we are on the air each and every day to point people to Christ. For those who don't know him, to maybe begin a relationship with Jesus. For those who do, to grow in their walk with Christ. So if you don't know Jesus and you'd like to, I want to encourage you to call this number. It's 1-888-NEED-HIM. That's 1-888-NEED-HIM. Maybe you do know Christ. And you're listening to this program every day because it's helping your walk with Him. You're growing in your relationship with Him. You're learning more about His Word. Then, if that's the case, we would love to hear your story. Why you listen to this program, where you listen, what difference is listening to Treasure Truth making in your walk with Jesus? You can give us your feedback when you come to treasuretruthradio.org. Click on the contact link. You know, we're always so encouraged to hear just the stories of how God is saving marriages, saving souls helping you get your finances back on track or, you know, he's launched you into a certain ministry because of something you've understood for the first time in Scripture. Let us know how God is using this program in your life. Again, our website address is treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the contact link. Well, thanks for listening today. Thanks for uh, letting us know that you're out there and that this program is making a difference. Thanks also to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. Couldn't do this program without them. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, 
a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.